Welcome to Standout, where you're going to hear from some exceptional entrepreneurs. You'll learn what it took to get them where they are and what you can do to make your mark. I'm your host, Cheryl Tan, with CherylTanMedia.com. You can find the show notes at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. Want to connect on Twitter? You can find me there at Cheryl Tan. Recently on Facebook, I posted a question that got a pretty amazing response. I simply asked, what one word would you use to describe 2015? You can tell people came from all different places, from anger to excitement to ambivalence about the past 12 months. But the question got people engaged, and I love that. That's why in 2016, my word is connection. And that's where the idea for this podcast came from. From 20 years in television news to the business TV show I currently host, I get to meet some amazing people, some amazing entrepreneurs. They have created mega profitable companies and provide income for themselves and for others. And I am thrilled to know them and to dig deeper into their journey. I was introduced to Todd Cochran at a podcasting conference in Washington, D.C. in November. If you're in the podcasting space, you probably have heard of Todd, his show, Geek News Central, or his company's podcasting resource, the Blueberry PowerPress plugin. He was so open about his business, how he grew it, and what he did to get there. I just knew I had to have him on the show. I know you will learn quite a bit. Here it is. Hello and welcome everyone. We're glad to have you here and I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest, Todd Cochran. Todd, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Cheryl, absolutely thrilled to be here and excited about this show that you're doing. (laughs) I'm excited too and you're really one of the inspirations for it. Let's talk about first a little bit of your resume and what you've done in the past. You've got fans and followers all over the globe. You're the executive producer of Geek News Central. It's been going on since October of 2004. It's an audio and video tech show. You're also the co-host of the New Media Show. You're an author as well as the CEO of Raw Voice, representing 22,000 media creators and podcast networks. Have I missed anything? I think the number's up to 35,000, but yes, a lot of hats for sure. I'm wearing lots of hats in the podcasting space. You're really doing quite a bit, and you are certainly a pioneer in podcasting, but it wasn't your first career. So I want to talk about that, how you got into this and what you did before. Yeah, I was... uh... You know, I came out of high school many years ago and uh, joined the military. I wasn't really a college uh, candidate and uh, chose a career in the, in the Navy and um, got a great trade. I was an electronics technician, but I, what really set it apart my career from many others is I was able to fly my entire, real, almost up to 24 years of flying. Um, I was a back-end operator of electronics equipment with lots of cool stuff. So really my background is aviation, aviation electronics, and uh, yeah, I'd done 24 years active duty before I retired, almost 25. Mm-hmm. Well, Todd, thank you so much for your service. So clearly, and I say this with love, you're a geek, right? Yep. So it makes sense that you focus on technical things and stories and tips and tools, but how did you go into the podcasting space? How did you transfer the military world to where you are right now? Well, it's kind of an interesting transition. The entire time I was in the, well, not the entire time, but in, let's say, the late 90s, I started running 
what was commonly referred to then as a bulletin board system, dial-in, and uh, ran a very successful one uh, in the United States and even overseas. And then when I came back to um, the East Coast in, well, boy, this would have been uh, the late 90s as the Internet was just starting to kick off, I moved that system online, and then ultimately that turned into a blog. So um, I started blogging. I think, boy, I think in 2000 or 2001. So I was a blogger long before I was a podcaster, and I like to tell people I'm not a very good blogger. So I've been online for, well, probably since the mid-'80s all the way through today in one form or another. I know that blogging has been so, so good to you, so fruitful for you as it has grown your audience. You and I met recently. We met at DC PodFest. Yeah. It was uh, back in November, I believe, of 2015, and it was a great intimate gathering of podcasters, so it was great to meet the organizers there and to meet you, but you told me some great stories about how the written word has really helped grow your audience, and really your dedication and your, your love for your subject that has really grown your business. So talk about your methodical way that you grew this, just from blogging. Sure. The strategy was interesting, um, and it really, I didn't know it was a strategy until after a few years in when I started realizing that what I was doing was really working. So let's fast forward to October 2004. Again, I was a blogger, not a great blogger. Maybe three, 400 people a day would come to the website. So when I started the podcast um, in October 04, really those first 90 days were just simply incredible. I had growth rates uh, in those days that would people today would die for. I think we went to 45 or 50,000 listeners in, in 90 days. And I, I thought, man, this is awesome. We're on top of the world. We're, we're rocking. We're doing good. Um, in between that came a, a book deal to write the first book on podcasting. That's a whole other topic. But the show was always the mainstream of the website. Um, but intermixed with that was a daily written word. So what it essentially boiled down to was I was providing audio content initially on the days that people were not necessarily reading the website. So it was a trade-off. So um, the, the written word, what was actually being accomplished more than anything, was building uh, Google Juice, and I was starting to build Google traffic as much as I was native traffic coming in every day, people looking at stuff. So, and, and I saw that the Google traffic was driving enough traffic to the website that those were also equaling new people subscribing to the show. I made it easy for them to make that transition to come on the website. You know, you've got three, four, five seconds maybe to capture someone when they come on. But on every page, right there at the top above the fold, was the ease to be able to click subscribe on the show. So what that ended up happening is, is over time, and even to this day, we do, I have a bevy of writers. We probably put uh, 50 or 60 new articles up on the website um, every month um, on contents that really talks about what we talk about during my podcast and what ultimately has happened then is I get an incredible amount of new traffic coming to the website just based on people searching for stuff on Google or natively finding the, the website through links through uh, other partners or whatever. And then again, this subset of people 
will click subscribe to be um, on the podcast. Now, what that really has done over the long haul, again, I'm 11 years into this at this point, is that a portion of those folks that come in don't stay. They maybe listen to one episode and it doesn't fit their fancy, but enough people stay that I have continuous growth of the show. Um, and what people that do stay, I have this audience is absolutely remarkable, and I call them my ohana. Here in Hawaii, ohana means family, and I treat them as part of my family. We have this great relationship. Uh, they provide me feedback, uh, links to articles, stuff that they, what's going on with their lives, the whole nine yards. And at the same time that this is going on with building the audience, my sponsor, who I've had since the very beginning, July of 2005, GoDaddy, they are happy because we're bringing enough new listeners that they're reacting to the sponsor spots in the show and continuing to buy the product that keeps GoDaddy sponsoring my show. So I, I've been a, I've, I, there's no Guinness World of Record, but I know I have the longest running sponsor. 11 years continuously, they've sponsored the show month after month. And as I like to say, keep my lights on. <laughs> but really, the strategy of everything was learned a little bit over time. But I understood that being able to provide content people could come back to on the website on non-podcast days was really a driving force in building numbers. So many podcasters today, all they do is create content. They have no associative content that goes along with their website. And I think it hurts them. And it even hurts them even more that they don't do strong, in-depth show notes. Now, I don't have to do as good as show notes as I used to because the, the blog still feeds the beast, mm -hmm. still keeps things coming in. I love so much of what you said. Um, so many people come up to me and they say, how do I stand out? How do I be the magician? How do I get clients and customers? And you just said it. You say you put out 50 to 60 pieces of new content a month. It's right. like twice a day. So yeah. whether you write it or your staff writes it or you get tips from your audience or companies come to you and give you X, Y, or Z, you are putting this content together and putting your own spin on it. Because I've heard your show. It's great. And then you, you share it with your audience. So that's work. Like there's no oh. substitute for that, is it? No. And, and, you know, and I laugh too because people say podcasting is dead and I just giggle under, you know, I'm thinking how little you know. But, you know, in the beginning, I, I, I couldn't afford to pay writers. Right. Um, you know, my, my, uh, my blogging bill a month is close to a thousand bucks. So, you know, that's, the, that's a tangible amount of cash every month that's going out to pay the writers. But at the same time, back in day one, when I started the show, I was the one that was doing, you know, I may have been putting out not as many articles a week then, I would, but I would try to have something up on the site every day, Monday through Friday, that was fresh. And I think there's 13 or 14,000 total articles, maybe 15,000 total articles on geeknewcentral.com. And when you have that type of depth of data, what it really does is Google loves you because you, and if you're especially specifically focused on your topic, that results in, I, I've had days where I get 200,000 hits just from Google alone a day. Now that's a big day. But uh, if I get 20,000, 40,000 hits a day from Google alone, that's still what most, what most bloggers get in a single month. So, um, it, and it, again, it's, it's, it's all about numbers. It's, 
you know, let's say 20,000 come in, and let's say that just, um, let's say that uh, 1% subscribe to the show. That's 200. Um, and then if we keep, uh, let's say 80% of them don't decide to continue, they don't, that's still 40 new listeners. So there is a way, there's a method to the madness, and the percentages are all over the place from day to day. But it, it's, it's, it beats the beast. That's a great way to put it. But it wasn't always like this. So you may oh. be paying bloggers now. How did you cut through the, uh, what am I doing? Why this is not working? Not that it didn't work, but way back in 2004, 5, 6 maybe, when you weren't getting the Google love. How did yeah. you, and you were the one doing all the writing. Right. How did you manage your time and figure <laughs> out what to write and push yourself when the money wasn't coming in? And I know you have a family, so. Yeah. The, the blog, the first, you know, before I was a podcaster, it was just a, you know, a way to, to get my voice out and, mm -hmm. and rant and talk about stuff. And you know, I was talking about companies, talking about products. And, you know, so it was just a way to, to express myself. And again, I wasn't. I'm, Again, I wasn't a great writer. <laughs> wasn't getting a great amount of traffic. But the combination <laughs> of being able to speak about it, tell people to go to the website, it just kind of like this, it was like a, you know, a, a flower coming out of the ground and it grew and then it, it kind of developed. So um, how did I do it when there was no money? Uh, well, my wife told me it, when I started the podcast, she gave me two years. Because I'd had a couple of ventures before that were money pits. It's just like buying a boat. You know, you throw a hundred, you throw hundreds right. at them. You know, but with the the podcasting, the cost entry was relatively low. Uh, maintaining it was relatively low. So she told me, "Hey, two years, buddy, and this has got to be profitable." Well, I was really lucky because I was profitable within about nine months. Now the initial, the initial revenue coming in wasn't that much. Uh, but then after a couple of months and we had discussions with the advertiser, understood what kind of results we were bringing them, we upped the game, and, and today the revenue substantial. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And now it's, you can see it now, that it right. was worth the time you put in back then. Oh, absolutely. How can podcasters make money? And I think that was one of the big questions at DC PodFest in Washington, D.C. a few weeks ago. But from your perspective, someone who is successful in this realm, and I don't know, would you call yourself a podcaster or a, a mediapreneur, or which, which well, one would you describe yourself as? Uh, I, I'm a podcaster at heart. I live, okay. breathe this stuff every day. So, you know, it's, it's a challenge to, to, you know, because that's a multifaceted question, sure. and it depends on what you're doing. So if you are um, someone that has a business already and you're trying to build your business, the way you build a podcast is you want people to come to your business, but you have to provide them content that isn't going to be considered a commercial. So you, you know, you have to provide value and then you hope that that pays off in, in gaining new customers. Um, I was not uh, at all from the very, very beginning a, a business owner. I was, I started this thing as a, as something fun to do because I like to talk. So um, when it turned into a business, uh, the you know, we had a profit loss statement to look at every month. Uh, we had to figure out what we were going to spend uh, on capital equipment. It, you know, it turned into the real deal. But I also knew that this was a, everyone today wants something today. They don't want it tomorrow. They, and, but with the creating media, 
the show that you do on episode one is not going to be the show that sounds, it's going to sound different by episode 50. But most content creators never make it to 50. You know, I've, I've told this stat many, many times. Uh, 50% of shows that start don't make it to episode seven. The next break is about 20 to 25 shows, episodes. Uh, another 50% of those remaining won't make it to episode 25. Those that do might make it to two years. So at two years, you might be left out of two out of ten that started in the beginning. But really, what this is, is and if you are not an Ashley Knowles, now, Cheryl, you're going you're gonna to do great because you've got a base already. Uh, folks that know you, so um, your TV personality, you're gonna, your show's gonna have that advantage. Whereas a guy like me, I was nobody, you know, I was a guy that had a blog and it started a podcast. And so what I had to do is just like 97, 98 percent of the rest of the folks out there, I had to build this baby a little bit at a time and and keep cranking. And um, you have to have a goal on where you're headed, no matter what. But for me, it was my wife saying two years and or this we're done with this um, based upon previous things that I had done and kind of set myself up for that. Uh, that Ultimatum, demand. yeah. Right, right, right. So if you are any type of business owner, you get paid last. You know, you pay the bills, you pay the employees, you, you know, you, whatever's left, that's, you know, that's your paycheck. Um, but I really was lucky in that I had a day job. Um, for the first three years that I was doing the podcast, and uh, I invested everything right back. Every penny that come in, I invested right back into uh, the space. And I had a little profit at the end of the year. Uh, paid for my conferences and my trips that I would go to out of that money. But uh, I basically set a goal that when I retired from the Navy, I said, okay, there, there's the line in the sand. And I told my audience. This is the line in the sand. This is when I will be a full-time podcaster. I verbalized it. We often hear about that by success coaches, verbalize it. But I basically said, I'm going to do it. Now, that that's puts you up for a lot of pressure, but at the same time, it makes you work hard. This is not easy. A job is not easy. Creating media is not easy. It's tough. You have to work at it. You spoke about conferences just a bit ago, and I know how much you value them because you crisscross the country regularly. In fact, you're getting ready for a big one oh, yeah. coming up in January. I'm telling all your secrets here, Todd, because yeah. you told me something so amazing about your first CES mm-hmm. and how it's it exploded your business. It did. It's the gift that keeps on giving, and I spend twenty to twenty-five thousand dollars a year to cover that show with the people that we take and the expenses. But you would not believe how it pays back in dividends. So let me tell you how it happened. So the first year, I went with a good friend of mine named Andy McCaskey. Him and I just took a little microphone and some handheld recorders then, and went around and did some interviewing some folks. And we learned very quickly that CS is a visual medium. And when we went back year two, we took uh, cameras, but that first year, we came home with a stack of, you know, a hundred um, business cards from CEOs, CIOs, CTOs, the engineers, the guy that was at a, a booth with a ten by ten who had maxed his credit card up to be there to show off his brand new something. And uh, we said, hey, when we put this content up, we're going to email you and let you know, and you'll be able to link to it. So we did. We followed up with those 100 folks, and they linked us on their 
websites and they talked about us and immediately we had good friends from those interviews because we came in and we were we were the we were the like the customer we were we were the folks that they were trying to reach and then so year two we go back and we do the same thing this thing is to this point now we do about 250 interviews at CES we take a team there's gonna be a team of about 20 of us there there's other content creators that I've worked with that have kind of figured this secret out I'm taking uh, Jamie Davis uh, from Health Tech Weekly he does covers all the health stuff we've got the gamer and uh, new startup guys from F5 Live we've got uh, uh, Todd Ani who takes care of the um, the aging population We've got us that goes after the geek stuff. We've got uh, Don Bain that's the gadget guy. So we got a round team, and, and I'm not saying I'm missing a few people here. So those of my teammates, I'm not disparaging you, but we go and create this content, and then we share it together. Everyone uses all the content on their websites, and then we also share the mailing list. And then what that ends up doing is some of these products are not on the street yet, so they reach out to us three months from now saying, "Hey, here's the new product," but Here's really the true trick, and it's not even a trick. So I'm interviewing CEO John Smith, and John is excited about what they've got going on at the show. After I get done and get home, we professionally produce their content. We put it up on the website. We have a video interview. It's, it's in the stream. It goes up on the Roku, all those places. But I email John and say, John, your video's up. Um, why don't you have your marketing or PR people link back to it? Here's the embed. Well, John's the CEO, and what I'm doing right now is I'm, if those are listening, I'm CEOs typically <laughs> um, have pretty big egos. And they want, yeah, they're confident, right, Todd? Yes, they're, they're confident. confident. <laughs> okay? And they want to see, they do it, they've done an interview, and if you've done it well, they want to showcase that. Well, they put it up on their.com, link back to you. Well, number one, I'm going to get the fans that are coming to that company looking at, at that interview. I'm going to get more Google Juice coming back to me from the company because they've linked back to my video. We've done a full write-up on them. So what it really is is it's this massive ability to bring new people to the show. Well, at the same time, those guys that I've been interviewing now for 11 years, the guy that started with a 10 by 10 they're now in a 100 by 100 And they don't forget... The guys that came and interviewed them when they were a 10 by 10 and gave them press. So we have booths. We walked in and we, we walk into and we get hugged. Okay, so who hugs a reporter? And I'm not really a reporter. I'm an honest to goodness. When I come in and if I think a product sucks, I'll, I'll say to them, well, maybe we shouldn't do this one. Let's look at this. And, or maybe I won't do the interview. You know, we are... we, we um, we go in and we want to make them look good, but at the same time, we're honest. And um, so we do live. We have come now, they actually, for the past five years, they've been coming to us because we have a broadcast booth. That's why it costs so much to do the show. And we have floor teams that go around and look for that guy that's got that 10 by 10. And uh, that those relationships, my Rolodex, uh, if I'm talking to 200 to 250 of the leading consumer electronic companies that are producing products every year, do you don't think that, that is a serious deck of information? Oh yeah, you. I know you. You guard that. <laughs> you definitely guard that. My my team share. We share all the information between ourselves. 
So everyone that's part of our team uh, gets the benefit of it. So it's not like it's a, but from internally, absolutely, it's worth a lot. Uh, and, and not monetarily, it's just the connection. Mm-hmm. Being able to go in the booth and, and say, hey, Tony, hey, man, how's it been this year? How are you going? What, what's new? What's hot? And, and, it, and, and the PR people know us, too. So we get the PR people, and, you know, there are certain folks that know how we treat them, and they, we, you know, bring them into our, what we call our green room, which is really just three couches in the broadcast studio, and we have water for them, and we take care of them while they're there, and we take care of their people. So, um, but we're honest. And um, I've had stuff come up to the broadcast booth, I'm like, we probably shouldn't do that live. Mm-hmm. And they take my advice and they leave. So it's... Um, it's part of our strategy. It's again, it's another piece of the building the business. Okay, so I want to talk about building the business because you said in the beginning that you are not, or you didn't go in as an entrepreneur. You're a podcaster right. who loves right. tech stuff and yep. loves to talk. At what point did it turn into a business? business. Yes, and and maybe it was the Rolodex that you built, and I think that's probably no. where it is. No. Oh no, the the the, uh, the genesis moment was in July of '05 after we'd been with GoDaddy for a month. My rep over there, who I loved to death, and uh, she matter of fact, she was in charge of uh, Danica Patrick and the GoDaddy uh, right. racing team here for the past few years. Um, she at the time she was doing digital, and she called me on the phone, and she says, "Well, basically done the GoDaddy deal the first time." And she, after the first month, we're renegotiating uh, the out months, and she says, "By the way." And these are the, this is the word she said to me, do you know anyone else who would like to be a sponsor of GoDaddy? And I thought, I would like to have GoDaddy sponsor a show. And I was like, huh, hmm. Hmm, yeah, I do. There's a business here. So um, immediately um, I followed up with the, basically on a podcast. I said, I need a business dev guy. I need a graphics dude. I need a programmer. I need a lawyer. And from that, nine people called in to a conference call. Uh, I laid out the groundwork of what it would entail to be involved. Uh, I believe that uh, on that call, uh, there was three, and soon to be four of the... So anyway, my business was born from my audience. My audience actually was the... Gen- I called on the audience, and, and I got a lawyer. I got a graphics guy. I got a programmer. I got a biz dev. And the five of us started Raw Voice over the phone. Um put in some money. Uh, the lawyer set up the company. We didn't see each other face-to-face for six months, all based upon this idea that we could rep podcasters and, uh, and sell advertising. So we did it, and we still do it. So uh, our business today is the team is largely together, except for maybe uh, one of the original uh, company founders uh, is no longer with us. But... Um, we do podcast hosting, we do podcast statistics, and podcast statistics, we, we built that platform so we could measure for the advertising, and we also do the advertising. Uh, and that's not a, believe it or not, now that portion of our business isn't as big as it used to be, um, but uh, thank goodness for companies like Citrix GoToMeeting and GoDaddy and all these other companies, they carried us, they mm-hmm. get us kind of over the hump to get the business growing. So yeah, I fell into becoming an entrepreneur. Now, my family has always owned their own businesses, so it's not like I wasn't exposed to being a business owner. But for goodness sakes, for 20, at that time, about 20 years, I'd had someone that was running my life. 
uh, you know, being in the Navy, until you get to a certain rank structure, you really are the yes sir instead of the person telling someone what to do. And at that point, I was actually the person telling people to do, but, you know, you still take orders from high above. But um, so we built, started this business while still active duty. It's crazy. It's a phenomenal story. It really is. I know you've got a lot of exciting things happening. And I want to hear about them. What What is ahead for a new year, for podcasting, for uh, business growth in podcasting, for entrepreneurs who are podcasters? Yeah. What's ahead? You know, it's exciting time. Serial Season 2 just kicked off. I uh, We typically, you know, what we really need is about a thousand more serials. Um, and quite frankly, we need more storytellers. Um if you're a marketeer, great. Become a fantastic storyteller. And if you can, uh, if you do, you'll find your show to be richly rewarded with lots of people that listen to it. Lots of storytellers, the people that can gather, like you're doing, Cheryl, gathering the stories and sharing. Um, really, we need a lot of storytellers um, and a lot of new content coming in. And, and with the understanding, it's a lot of hard work. We also need, um, uh, you know, the folks that, you know, the, the space is maturing right now. I, I've got a favorite saying I've been saying re recently, the corporations are coming, the corporations are coming. Mm -hmm. um, big companies are getting into podcasting. They're taking a look. This is going to be a time when they're going to be looking for talent. There's a high, huge, huge, huge demand for talent right now that, are, that can build a big audience. Um, so folks that can do that are going to be in high demand and will have a huge business opportunities. But the, the basics of podcasting is still going to be done by the 97 or 98% of folks that are out there trudging like I am every day, working to uh, create great content and, and reach and engage an audience. The advertising opportunities are growing uh, even as we speak. The space literally has been on a two-plus-year um, high heightened PR cycle. The growth is about the same as it was, but we are getting so much attention and so much press. It's hardly a day goes by that there isn't a podcasting article. The serial a season two launch resulted in like 400 articles nationwide. Uh, that's incredible. It really is. But, you know, last week I was in a couple of pieces. It's, it's just in reporters are calling. So it's a great time to build a show. It's a great time to be in a position to build a show to be able to monetize it. As far as a business owner goes, um, you know, we're happy with the growth rate that we're seeing right now. We've got lots of stuff planned. We're making it easier for podcasters. We will have PowerPress sites, our all-in-one package uh, that basically is a WordPress site hosting and everything you need to get started uh, turnkey uh, very, very soon. Um, we're just made a deal with Podcaster Radio. So what that deal was, is podcasters are on demand everywhere. We wanted to make it so that we would be able to reach that uh, other folks that are basically doing like Pandora type listening. We wanted them to be able to come in and say, oh man, there's this show, let me click in it and take 20 minutes sample of who, whoever this is and then maybe subscribe to the show. So we've made a deal with uh, Livestream 65, introduce a product called Podcaster Radio that helps podcasters get more distribution. It's really about going as wide as you can with your show and being heard as, as many places as possible to drive them back to your dot com. So I, I think the, the space is uh, 
you know, going to see growth, more investment for sure. I, there, you know, we heard about a six million dollar round from uh, Gimlet Media. Um, at the same time, companies like mine are here for the base, and we want to make sure that the base is um, taken care of and not forgotten as the big companies move into the space and start building these big, massive shows that they do very well. We want to make sure that the base uh, doesn't get disenfranchised. So that is one of my goals, again, through 15 and 16, is to make sure that the base is taken care of and have the same opportunities as the big boys coming in. Todd, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way to find you, where to find you? Yeah, the, the, from the business side, it's CEO at rawvoice.com. On the podcast side, you can come over to my podcast at geeknewscentral.com. If you're thinking about uh, starting a podcast, uh, I definitely appreciate your business over at blueberry.com, B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. And, uh, you know, if you're looking to test this out for a month, you can use a promo code blueberry005. That will get you a free month of service to uh, just check us out. And um, what we really are here is for the podcaster. We provide tools for podcasters. So, um and you just Google me, Todd Cochran, and you'll find me. And, you know, add me on LinkedIn. I'll, I'll, I'll link back to you. Um, where, and, and real easy to reach. Uh, phone, not so much. If you call me, uh, you may go to voicemail. Uh, but uh, emails, I try to respond to all emails. And if I, it's a tech support-related issue, I'll, I'll send you over my support team. Uh, there's only so much I can do in the hours I have each day. Well, definitely. But you've certainly maximized everything that you do there. You've given us some great information. I'm going to link everything that you said as far as the way to contact you uh, on my show notes at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. So, Todd, my last question for you is what has made you a standout? Uh, it's the work ethic that my parents infused upon me when I was a young kid. Instead of sitting watching... TV, I was out uh, understanding the value of a, of a hard day's work, and uh, I'm going to tell you, this would not have been possible without 12, 15, 16 hour days at times. So, it's the hard work, it's the hours put in. I, I, I want to claim I'm this fantastic orator of the spoken word. No, I'm, I'm a hard worker, and uh, that's what it really boils down to. Todd Cochran, thank you so much for your time. You've given us a lot to think about and a lot to do. So (laughs) thank you so much. Thank you so much. I so enjoyed this standout interview with Todd Cochran. I hope you did too. And I hope the wheels are turning on how you can use content and hard work to stand out. I know mine are. Todd shared some websites and a promo code for a free month with Blueberry. I'll put all of those details in the show notes, which will be at CherylTanMedia.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, thanks so much for joining me. I'm Cheryl Tan.